What up, world? Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. While you're here, do us all a favor and hit that follow button. Then join us every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for more top-tier NFL content. Welcome to the city. Welcome in, yes. Don't wake up the wife. Try not to wake up the wife. He's going to be moving out by himself this weekend. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. That's actually how my moves normally go. I just move out by myself, and then she ends up being at that place. uh, Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined, as always, by my best friend in the whole entire world, Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. And below us, we have your boy. The reigning, you're still it until Friday. The reigning, <laughs> the defending, and the undisputed, not so heavyweight valedictorian of the show, AJ Johnson. The next valedictorian of the show will be a heavyweight valedictorian. So that's the, um, you got to get, well, we're going to push that aside for you and then bring it in Thanks. heavy Thanks. on Friday. Um, but it is a beautiful. June 29th evening or morning here in the city. Episode 47 is about to kick off. We are going to get into the AFC West and their fantasy outlook. If you've missed any of our fantasy shows so far, they're all on YouTube live. You, not not live, but all the shows are in full on YouTube. Some are in nice clips. Some are in full shows. You can go out and enjoy those. It's the AFC North and the AFC North and the NFC West is what we've done so far. Tonight, we will get into the AFC West with the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos. So much fun to talk about. Gentlemen, how goes it? Aaron, are you ready for your real-world audition? I am. Look, I I was a little nervous to come on here, uh, but I didn't think we were doing the real world. I was thinking more like the Bachelor Bachelorette, seeing that I'm I'm living living my best single life here in Albany, Georgia. No no wife. Oh. You gotta unbutton. You gotta unbutton oh. one more. You gotta unbutton one more. That's 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 the Dylan. That's the Dylan. You, you saw him how he was. That that that. that oh my goodness. Oh Chippendale's lifestyle. Hookie. Hookie. I don't. I don't. I don't know if that'll work though with my ring on. So you know, shout out, shout out to this. Uh, hey, there you go. But yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, well tired. A little late night last night. You know, working late. But uh. Freddie, it's always good to get up in the morning with you fellas. Yeah, there it is. There it Actual. is. Oh, man. AJ, you doing good? You doing good down there, buddy? Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I think uh I think I'm in now on this new schedule. Last yep. week was last week was rough getting up that way and working through with work and all the other stuff on the side. But now like we're here. We always talked about doing mornings. Just another step to making our dreams come true. Couldn't imagine doing it with anybody other than like People who talk sports. Hi, up at the audience. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, this guy. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta give this compliment before we get into this show. And I said I would do this, and I'm a man of my word. The Colorado Avalanche are the Stanley Cup champions. And I know this is not a hockey podcast, but Aaron, 
you were right when you said that the Colorado Avalanche were going all the way, when you said it at the beginning of the season, when you said it at the beginning of the playoffs, when you said it at the end of the Western Conference Finals, you were right. I was wrong. You know more about hockey than I do. Hey, it's what it is, man. You know, the fact that, that I said the Avalanche, we made. yeah, the fact that I said Avalanche in six just makes it that much sweeter. But, I mean, let's be honest. I, I'm not going to go too crazy. I know I do it on the side. But they were the favorite all year. They they were the best team all year. They were the most consistent. They came in the playoffs hot. They ran through the playoffs. Um, they did what they were supposed to do. And shout out to Colorado, man. First championship since what? 2000? 2001? 2002? Yep. 20 years. Yeah, it's been 21 two, years. I believe it was 2000 when they last won. 2000, the 2001. Yeah. Yeah. That, Not that, that I was... did a story on it the other day. Hey, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's get into some football news. Let's get into our morning headlines. And yesterday, the Washington Commanders re-signed Terry McLaurin to a three-year, $70 million extension, keeping him in Washington as a commander, the good old Manders. Terry McLaurin is back. AJ, what is – I want to talk about Terry McLaurin, but I really want to talk about Jahan Dotson. Because obviously Terry McLaurin in Washington, we've seen him. We know what he can do, but now he's going to be still the guy for the foreseeable future, at least for the next three years. What does that do for, for Jahan Dotson, at least for dynasty for the next three years? I mean, I think it makes him a very viable option. I mean, to be in that system and to have to have been the guy at coming in as a rookie was going to be much more difficult. Now you have a proven stud on the other side who, let's be honest, we know what we talk about with Carson Wentz. It's still the best quarterback Terry McLaurin's played with in his career so far. So to now have that, have a Terry McLaurin that defenses have to worry about and now have you scheme the way they intended when they brought you in here, not to make you go above and beyond and be that number one right away. I think that's going to allow him to get the targets and the efficiency of those targets needed to be a solid uh, wide receiver for dynasty purposes. One that you're going to enjoy having on your roster this year, but will undoubtedly see the value going forward in the next two to three seasons. So this is great news for Terry McLaurin as, as it was for Jahan Dotson as well when it comes to fantasy. Yeah. I, I like that take. Cause you know, a lot of people will look at that and, and think that sometimes there can't be two wide receivers that can, that can actually produce in fantasy football, in one team, especially if it's a Carson Wentz led offense. But I think I, I lean more towards where you're at right now with the fact that this does great things for, for Terry McClure or for Jahan Dotson uh, going into, at least in the future in terms of dynasty possibly bumps him up because I think he's going to do very well now as not the guy, not with all of that pressure on him to be the guy Let's go on to another headline here. And Aaron, we're going to test out your internet connection here. It is going to be a deeper player in fantasy drafts. It's Cade Otten. Okay, no, you don't want me to test this? You don't. Okay. Did he just say Cade Otten? Trust Super me, deep. you'll see what you'll see what the report I, I, I'm talking about here. Okay, Bucks.com. Behind, <laughs> I, I'm trying to I'm trying to go deep into here. We're talking fantasy. Maybe these players will step up in the future. We know how much Tom Brady likes their tight ends. And Bucks.com writer Scott Smith considers rookie Kate Auden to be the best option to be the team's number one tight end this fantasy season. They like him a lot in Tampa Bay. I wanted to know from you. Is Cade Auden on your radar at all in terms of fantasy drafts? Let maybe the la the very last pick 
or <laughs> somewhere down the road? Is he on your radar? See if I can make this very. No. Okay, great, great. We'll move on then. We'll we'll move on and not have to talk about. Let me give you a different one here. Let me give you a different one here to make you feel a little bit better and more involved in the morning headlines. The Dallas Morning News reports Dalton Schultz and the team are not close on an extension. Does that worry you at all? Or does that maybe give you some hope for a breakout season for Jake Ferguson in his rookie year? I I believe we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I said it doesn't worry me from the Dallas Cowboys perspective. Like Dalton Schultz is good, but he's not some great electrifying tight end. Um, even if we, what I think is going to happen is he'll play on the franchise tag eventually because he doesn't want to miss out on that money. He'll go sign somewhere else and the Cowboys will move forward at the tight end position. I don't think it's a huge loss for them. I don't think it's something they have to get done. And I'm sorry, but I'm not overpaying for Dalton Schultz. If you can get a deal done that makes sense, that's team friendly, but I, I, that's great. But I'm not overpaying for Dalton Schultz. I'm not paying him as one of the best tight ends in football. I just don't think he's that type of player. Um, he doesn't really block that great. He's a receiving threat, but he's not. He's not Kelsey. He's not Kittle. He's not Darren Waller. Um, and I think Jake Ferguson actually brings a lot of some of the same similar attributes that, that Dalton Schultz has. So if you pay him, it needs to be reasonable. If not, you you let him walk and move on. I don't think it's 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 like you have to trust Jerry Jones in this. Like I feel like that's one of those things. Like with when it comes to money and re-signing players and contracts, I feel like Jerry Jones is one of those owners slash GMs that is are going to be able to just get things done whether and do what's best for the team moving forward. And you talk about Dalton Schultz and it's like, you're not going to go out there and overpay for Dalton Schultz. And I think Jerry Jones is smart enough to realize I'm not wasting my money on paying Dalton Schultz that much. You shouldn't be. You, you got it. Like me. these, these are, these are things that the Cowboys need to, they've improved in over the years, but these are things you have to be good at and understand who is going to need to get paid. We, not just about Dalton Schultz. Uh, we have CeeDee Lamb in a couple of years. You have Trayvon Diggs in a couple of years. You have, you have guys that are going to need to get paid, and you need to make sure that cap space is available. Obviously, the offensive line is getting a little bit older. They've had to retool that a little bit. Micah Parsons, I doubt he gets to his fourth year without wanting a contract extension the way he's playing, and they're going to have to pay a guy like that. So just understanding those things, you don't want to overpay for a position that's not I'm sorry, it's just not that valuable in the NFL in general. Um, and you can go find guys to fill in at, at far less value or far less price point uh, do the things that don't. Yeah. Plus, there's like two or three wide receivers every year that are just changing their position to tight end. I mean, hey, it'll be fine. Just pick up one of those Devin Funches. Just get Funches a Devin Funches. <laughs> just get a Devin Funches. He's out there. Oh, man. that I thought, I thought that was interest like what what do you think what do you what do you guys think about that like a wide receiver switching to the tight end position like, no, okay i mean right, you're gonna do it in detroit behind tj hawkinson like what did you really like if you're gonna make it in detroit as a wide receiver like go play in the cfl bro. no he well, was I on mean, the giants yeah he was on the giants well that's also Funches? another reason why yeah, yeah. Devin oh definitely definitely thought he uh went into detroit it, i mean was, uh, let, let's be real Devin Funches was he was a packer like, let's be honest. Uh, or no, Kelvin Benjamin was a Kevin Kelvin Benjamin, Benjamin is what we're talking about. He was a giant. Uh, yeah. yeah. Funches was in Carolina and then Green Bay. And then, and then yeah. Detroit. Now. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. Now, now he's in Detroit. Um, but let's be honest. Those guys weren't good receivers. 
So that, that's part of the problem is, is they were not good at the position they were at. They got bigger. They weren't as athletic anymore. They tried to become tight ends. And I'm sorry, most receivers that didn't want to block in the first place aren't moving to tight end to block. They just want to have mismatches and play tight end. And usually if you weren't a good receiver, you're not moving to tight end and you're not going to play. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'll pass on the Devin Punch. As you should. As everybody <laughs> should. Don't draft him in fantasy, okay? Because yeah, I believe oh, he played on the Colts, too, for a while. So. A sleeper. Funches? Yeah, um, I, I think he – didn't he get hurt, like, before he even – before he even I saw mean, the season? But, I mean, he was on the Colts roster. I know he's been yeah. on the Colts. He's been on the Packers. He's been on the, the Panthers. Panthers and the let's get a wild. Let's get a full career update for – so, yeah. Devin no, so he was with that. Carolina, Indianapolis, and Green Bay. That was that. That was a thing. It was – Oof. Well, We've he actually never too much time. He never played for Green Bay. It's so funny. He never Correct. actually no. played for Green Bay, but he was with with the Packers. That that is it. That 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 is it. That's a, we've spent way Wild. too much time talking about Devin Funches. Let's right. get let's so get sorry, into guys. position <laughs> with our with our AFC West talk here. This is where we break down a positional ranking within the division that we're talking about. The AFC West is the chatter tonight. I had a really hard time deciding on which one I wanted to do with ranking fantasy options at a certain position for this, for this division, because we did a lot of running back talk last week. And this, this week it's a lot about the wide receivers. So I'm actually going to change things up. I know in the doc, it says rank the AFC West running backs, but I'm changing it up because I want to talk about this more rank the AFC. Not, it's not like, Aaron, it's not like you went, read the doc because the doc, you already say, oh, I don't, I don't need to read the doc. I just read it when I brought it up. I just yeah, I didn't look at it before the show. Well, well, good. That means you don't have that much plan for an AFC West running back talk. You have more plan for an AFC did. West. Okay, well, then fine. We'll do both. How about that? We'll do both for the fans. Not for you. Not for you. Not for me. We'll do it for the fans. Let's talk about yeah. the AFC for the people. Uh, okay. <laughs> fantasy West, AFC West fantasy running backs. How would you rank them? AJ. All right. We talking team wise or name wise name wise. That's how okay. we've done it. The past two shows. Fantasy Just, double, football, check. Man. Just right. double checking because I mean, <laughs> you look at, because in this, in this division, I mean, we're talking about a decent amount of people, except for, I mean, except for really the charges you are thinking about a committee, but that's okay. So either way, I'm gonna go Austin Eckler. Uh, yeah. Then I'm going to go Josh Jacobs, then Javante Williams, and then insert Kansas city running back here. And it's basically because it's insert Kansas city running back here. The disrespect for Clyde. We're going to talk about Clyde more later, but the disrespect Clyde insert insert Kansas City running back like you saying Ronald Jones is gonna be that dude in Kansas City that dude no carry the rock every now and then probably I mean they just say hey man you really wanted to pay a bench position you want to come over here and sit for a couple mil let's have some fun no that's not how that's gonna go down <laughs> I feel like your I feel like your list was spot on though I feel like it it's it, it's the best it's the proper way of ranking those running backs. Although some may have Javante Williams over Josh Jacobs, but from our last yeah, conversation, I know that's what you want. I know that's what you want. Oh, no, I did not say that. I, yeah, honestly, the, more I, the more I think about it, the more I think about it though, the more I come around to the idea of Josh McDaniels wanting to absolutely bury 
Josh Jacobs and carries like just run him yeah. to the ground and then say bye bye and that's it. Like I, I, the, I continue to think about that. Yeah. I was making the graphic the other day for our tiers list, and I'm like I'm looking at Josh Jacobs in tier two, and I'm like Josh McDaniels is going to run this dude to the ground. He is going th- with the touches alone. He is going to yeah. be an RB one, and you're not going to be able to get around it. Like didn't didn't pick up his option. We saw how he liked to use uh, Damian Harris last year, how he tried to use Ramon J. Stevenson. Uh, I, I mean, I, I expect that to happen too, but even still when I ranked it to like given Javante Williams third, it's just the fact of like Aaron said last week, Josh Jacobs has done it. We see Javante Williams coming into me. I have him like right there. Like yeah. Javante Williams by the end of the season, in my opinion, based on what we talked on Friday, I could see him being the number two in that division when it's all said and done. So uh, so I'm with you. Like, I do think he's going to get all the t- carries. I just, I just think Javante Williams is also going to have a really good season, but where we sit today. Yeah. yeah. That, that would be how I stack them down. It's fair. Uh, Aaron, any, any, any thoughts <laughs> before I give you the wide receivers? No, no, the order is right. The order is right. I, I would say, um, I disagree. I, I agree that, that Josh McDaniels is going to give the carries to Josh Jacobs. I disagree in the fact that that offense is going to be similar to the way New England buried Damian Harris and Ramon Stevenson carries because they have a much better quarterback, yeah. and a much better receiving core than New England had. Um, I don't know that it's going to be as much run, 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 but I do think Josh Jacobs is going to be goal line guy, huge touchdown numbers, and it's going to be heavily used in the red zone, which is kind of his specialty. That's where his a lot of his fantasy production comes. Until last year, he wasn't really catching the ball to the backfield a lot. I think the addition of a Devontae Adams and now a Darren Waller and a Hunter Renfro helps his cause as a passing down back because um, we know he's a three-down guy and he loves to stay on the field. I think it helps him in this case. Uh, he's going to see huge volume. I don't know if it's necessarily all on the ground uh, like a New England kind of thing was, but I think the order's right. I think it's Eckler. I think it's Jacobs. I think it's as long as the nuisance of Melvin Gordon is behind uh, you know, Devontae Williams, it's just going to... Uh, going to limit his upside like or it's going to cap his upside he can still end up yeah. being a low-end rb1 rb2 but his, his upside is going to be capped because of melvin and then um i think i would put clyde edwards lair in there uh but i would put clyde edwards e lair closer to a melvin gordon than than maybe some people are yeah. and i do believe yeah. ronald jones is going to play a factor in that offense and maybe even some Jarek mckinnon who started to come on last year who they just recently man yeah yep man no. we're gonna talk I mean, we're gonna I, talk more of, about Clyde in a little bit I got some I got some interesting thoughts on him uh but Aaron give me the top eight wide receivers in this oh. in this division because each team has two wide receivers that you could uh, realistically put in 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 consideration here uh, well, number uh, one, maybe number, maybe not the Chiefs, one is but, Devontae Adams and it's not it's yep. not a not a argument yep. uh, number one is Devontae Adams Number two is Keenan Allen. Uh, number three, I am going to say this might be. I, I'm going to say Mike huh? Williams. Um, it's going to be Mike Williams for me. Uh, number four, I'm going to say it's going to be Portland Sutton, who is going to be the guy in Denver who who kind of stands out. So I'll say number four is Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton. Number five. Number five, I'll give. I'm going to give to Juju. Wow. I'm going to give number five to Juju based on volume. 
Number six, I'm going to say... Number six, I'm going to say Hunter Renfro. Number seven, I'm going to say Jerry Judy. And number eight, I am going to say... Josh Palmer. WNBA player Sky Moore. <laughs> no, num- number eight, I am going to give... Miko Hardman? To Miko Hardman. I-, I think Miko Hardman is going to be that that episode. I'll see you. Okay. So run it run it back again in a consistent... Devontae Adams. Okay. There I got the, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, yeah. Mike Williams, Portland yeah. uh, Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Jerry Judy... Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Oh, no. Hunter, I'm sorry. Hunter Renfro, Jerry Judy, and then Nicole. Okay. Okay. All right. Really interesting about Hunter Renfro. This is a guy <laughs> that obviously was the wide receiver one for the for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. Now with Devontae Adams coming in, it really shakes things up. Uh, I want to talk about him and, and when we get to the, the Raiders, but I like that list. AJ, do you have any uh, negative takeaways from his list before we move on? Uh, I was not overly surprised that Juju got five. Uh, I mean, it's understandable the way Juju, I mean, what we've seen have to conspire with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, and you're based on what you've seen, not what what's going to be expected from Juju. So, uh, you know, giving Mike Williams after based on what he's, I think we gave Mike Williams his spot based on his last season and what we expect him to continue doing. Uh, but, I mean, when it comes to fantasy, a lot of people could argue the inconsistencies that Mike Williams has put up year to year. So five's not, overly disrespectful to Juju had he gone six or seven, I would have had questions, but I can understand him falling to five and letting him prove himself back into that top four as a wide receiver one uh, in this division. So not too many questions. It's just, just a little thought process and a slight shock right there. But other than that, it's pretty spot on in my opinion. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to get into that all of it in a little bit. Uh, some of those wide receivers specifically with their teams in just a few moments, but AJ, you know what time it is. Please load up those golden pipes and tell the beautiful people where they can follow us at. Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into a wonderful episode. We thank y'all for rocking with us. That was the morning headlines that you found right here at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Head on over to each and every single one of those platforms and hit that like, hit that share, hit that follow, hit that heart, hit that box with the arrow on the top. Do all them buttons that means that you follow and have talked about and told somebody about Good Morning Sac City, hashtag GMSC. We appreciate all the love. Don't ever stop at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Your boys are back in town. Good morning. And oh, I'll take over the rest while I was on uh, mute. Oh, oof, that's a big, that's a big time hit in minus. Uh, yeah, it is good morning, Sac City. Please, if you are, want to tweet about the show, please use that hashtag GMSC on Twitter to let us know what you think of the show. If someone says something stupid, if someone says something you don't agree with, argue with us. Let us know. Say which chest. Don't be afraid. Use that hashtag GMSC on Twitter. Represent the city. Represent a good morning. It's Sac City. Let's get into our divisions here, starting off with the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we just talked about Juju Smith-Schuster and AJ, you brought up WNBA superstar Sky Moore. They got a (laughs) lot of weapons there. We have been on this show many of times talking about who is going to be the guy. Who's going to be the number one wide receiver? Who's going to be the number one, number two wide receiver? We obviously know Travis Kelsey is going to get his 
But let's put this to rest. Who is going to be the the wide receiver one, two, and three on this team? Aaron, I know we just ranked everything for all of it. All of it. You had Juju up top, but rank the rest of that team and let us know how fantasy owners should be looking at this wide receiver group. I think what they're going to end up have, having happen is they're going to be closer than you expect. I think you're going to have a Juju Smith-Schuster who probably leads all the receiving catches because of his target share um, outside of a Travis Kelsey, the way he works the middle of the field, the short passing game, things like that. I think he'll lead the team in catches, but you're going to have guys like Miko Hardman, Sky Moore, and Marcus valdez Scantling that get the bigger plays that go have five catches, 140 yards in a game and a touchdown or something like that. Um, I think it ends up being, obviously, Travis Kelsey being the number one pass catcher in with the Chiefs. But far as receivers, it's Juju Smith-Schuster leading in fantasy points. Close, a close number two, in my opinion, is going to be Miko Hardman. And then number three, and I'm going to say it, it's going to be Sky Moore. And I know I'm leaving off Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm going to say it again. Um, he's played with the best quarterback, most talented quarterback we had seen perhaps since before Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen came in the NFL. And he, and he wasn't, he never could get over the hump with a Devontae Adams on the other side. And now you're asking him to do more as a number one weapon or something. And I just don't think it's going to happen. He'll have his moments. He'll have his big plays, his touchdown game or whatever because it just unfolds that way. But on a consistent basis, I think you're going to see what you've seen over the past four years of his career, which is very inconsistent play, a lot of drops, and uh, somebody that you just can't trust on a week-to-week basis. And for me, in an offense like Kansas City, when there's so many weapons, I don't think they need to be patient with them. I know they paid them, but I don't think they have to be patient and say, oh, we're going to go to you all the time because we've given you a three-year deal. I think it's something he'll be on the field, but he might not get those looks. It's going to remind me a lot. Uh, he doesn't play like him, but it's going to remind me a lot of a Demarcus Robinson. Always on the field, but never yeah. got the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was always on the field, but never got the ball. I think that's what we're going to see from him. I, I, I've been on the show many of times saying that I love the Juju Smith-Schuster being the, the number one guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he could be a wide receiver too. Like by season's end, he is going to be a wide receiver too, at least for this Kansas City Chiefs team, which obviously a very high powered offense, but something you brought up there with, I mean, you, you had Juju and then Miko Hardman and Miko Hardman right now is being drafted as the wide receiver 62. That's well, that's well past MVS who's wide receiver 57 and well past wide receiver 56 in sky Moore. So those two guys are going back to back sky Moore and uh, Marquez Valdez scaling back to back as in like wide receiver in, in terms of the wide receiver value. But then there's, then there's Miko Hardman who you have as the number two wide receiver on this team being drafted so late. It's, it's, it's criminal. Well, first of all, like, it's funny to me how we just assume a guy who hasn't produced, which Miko Hardman has not been a consistent producer, but let's be honest. He played behind Tyreek Hill. And, and I mean, and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were the main contributors. They were the guys that they were looking for. Now, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Nico Hardman right now is the starter in Kansas City, alongside of Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, ahead of guys like Sky Moore. And I know Marquez Valdez-Stanley gets listed as a starter as well, but he plays on that outside where Demarcus Robinson used Nico Hardman has played with Patrick Mahomes the longest, knows the offense, 
there's no adjustment period. And I think that's the, the biggest thing here. To me, it's a trust factor. He had, he's had big plays in big games for a team that's been to four straight AFC championships. Uh, Andy Reid likes him. Andy Reid believes in him. They've gone back to him even after he's made mistakes and they haven't given up on him. That tells me enough that they see something in him. Let's not forget, he's still young. This is a guy that's not a very old. He, he's, he's a young player still. Um, I think this is his chance and this is his opportunity where if he doesn't do it this year, then you might start having that, that you know, that talk about, hey, maybe this guy just doesn't have it. The dude's 23. Yeah, he's 23 years old and, and he had 700 yards last year on 60, almost 60 catches as a, a number three or four option. So I think we need to be patient with that. We tend to get impatient with guys like that. Um, but I, I think there's huge potential there. And I really like this ball, especially where he's being. Yeah. It's hard to argue that with the value that he's, that he's going at. It's, I mean, like you're getting someone who has the potential to be your wide receiver, like be the wide receiver one on one of the best offenses in the NFL. And you're getting him so late in drafts as the wide receiver 62. That's, that's absurd. Like that's, that's probably, sign- probably not being drafted by in some drafts. Like if you're only playing two wide receivers, you're, you're probably not drafting them in some, do, and that's a damn shame. But do you see possibly with how high you are on him? Do you, possibly see during training camp you start seeing more of his name being brought up and him being one of those players that really skyrockets up up the draft boards because obviously we're talking adp in in june so pre-season. maybe it would have to be seen in preseason okay because people don't believe in Miko hartman because they've wanted to for so long but if you understand the kansas city offense it is not going to support three big time passes it usually doesn't um, this year it might support two okay ones and Travis Kelsey, but in the past it's been Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Those are the only two it's going to support. So, um, but this year with it being so wide open, I do think you're going to run into a situation where you're probably getting two wide receiver three out of Kansas City and then Travis Kelsey versus getting a wide receiver one, Travis Kelsey, and then a wide receiver two or three. I, I just don't see that happening. Um, I think it's spread around a lot more than. Year, uh, just based on the offense alone. And I think Nico Hartman, again, just draft him. You're not going to have to take him early. Take him in the 13th, 14th, 15th round. Why would you not take that flyer? And I would say the yeah. same thing for a guy like Sky Moore. Uh, if you feel like he's going to be the one to sell, it might be him that overpasses Nico Hartman. But yeah. I just don't think, I think those guys have to be drafted in that offense this year. Because yeah. we just take your- don't take your shot on whatever wide receiver you believe is going to be the guy in Kansas City. Like what, wh- where their ADP is just go, go I think for wherever it is. I think yeah. you'll know quickly in the, in the season, whether it's the first three or four weeks, you're gonna be like, you know what? I can drop him because it's going to be this guy or something. I think you'll know. Yeah. So something yeah. that we, we didn't know, AJ, did you have anything on that? I didn't want to pass over. You I, you. I, I can do it quickly. I mean, cause I, I could go with a bunch of the stuff that he said, cause I liked a lot of it and I think he's on for a lot of it. i also think there's a little bit that you can change. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to see a big uptick in touchdowns. I think he's going to be used a little bit more in the red zone. I have sky more slightly ahead of me, Cole, not anything against me, Cole. Cause I, I agree with you. Like it was hard to trust him when it was Tyreek, 
But now I agree that it's also going to be spread way more open. And I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to enjoy the opportunity to spread the ball a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe keep Travis Kelsey a little healthier as he gets older for an entire season. Not that, you know, that's something we need to really, really worry about. But uh, yeah, after I think Juju is a definite draft. And then I think you do just take your dart though on Sky or Cole And uh, one of those guys is going to be the one that you're going to be getting your, your wide receiver three from. I think they both have potential to have a great season or a really, really good season. So we're maybe coming to the conclusion that MVS is a stay away from guy, like a I've he's been a waiver wire watch. Candidate. Yeah. He, well, he's, so yeah, my thing exactly right. He's the waiver wire watch. Yeah. Yeah, my, okay. my thing with MVS is like because everyone's like, I mean, you're not doing much difference in the quarterback. But my thought process, again, is that that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to spread the ball a little more. I mean, you're talking about 160 targets that are that are freed up from a Tyree kill. And I get that it's going to go to a couple other places. But I mean, if MVS has his streaky games, if he can do it two games in a row, who's to say they don't try to give him the ball a little bit more often? So uh, but yeah, I would I think I, he would be the last that I draft at this. Point. I can I can see it now. He's drafted week three. He's on the waiver wire. He's picked up in week six and week nine. <laughs> he's dropped and week 13. He's picked up and week 15. He's dropped. And that that's be MVS is, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I'm career. so used to seeing. I'm so used not, to seeing in fantasy that, that he's just in and out, in and out. And, and he's not young. I mean, not old, but he's not right. the guy that's 23 on his third year. He's 27. Like he's a yeah. little bit older. He's been in the league. He's had some opportunities. You don't. He came in late as a guy that was late, like 24 years old, starting in the NFL. When most guys are coming in at 21, 22, 23 now, he was 24, 27, 28 now, and he's his best year was yeah, 190 yards, 60, or 33 catches. He's never had more than 38 catches with Aaron Rodgers, and as a starter, given more opportunity, he was passed up by Alan Lazard. Like these are these. They gave him the opportunity to be the number two guy, and he couldn't do it. Now you expect him to go to KC and be the number one? Red flag alert. Red flag alert. Don't draft Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That's what we're saying here. Book it right there. You can pick him up on the waiver wire in week three. Uh, Aaron, you brought up something, though, that that kind of ties into my next point. You said that we'll know which wide receiver Kansas City goes with early on, early on in the season based off of what we see. Clyde Edwards Alaire in his first game as a as the Kansas City Chiefs running back had four goal line carries. Since then, he's gotten six goal line carries since then. And obviously, I know I'm trying to I'm trying to debunk this myth, maybe. I'm trying to get some deep analysis on Clyde Edwards Alaire because he seems to be a guy that no one knows what to do. I was a Clyde Edwards Alaire owner last season. And I didn't know what the hell to do. Was he an RB two? Was he an RB three? Is he, should I try and flex him? Should I try and trade him? What's his value right now? He's going as RB. He's going as RB 25. So he's just on the outside of an RB two. Currently an RB three. What is the, I want to know what the ceiling and the floor is for Clyde Edwards, Alaire, And if people should feel comfortable drafting him this year. Um, yeah, I mean, let's answer that first part, that second part first. Did you feel comfortable drafting him? Yes. I mean, you're not you're not leaving a, a wide running back to flex play on just out there on waivers. You got to feel comfortable drafting. Uh, but I think when you talk about potential, I, I think his potential is 
it really depends on how Kansas City wants to approach that backfield. You, you talk about the goal line carries. I don't really pay much attention to that. This is the NFL. Guys are giving the ball to damn fullbacks. Kyle Hughes checks at the goal line. <laughs> they gave him four that first game because they wanted him to get in the end zone. It just didn't work out. Since then, you got to remember, Kansas City runs a lot of t- uh, Tyreek Hill jet sweeps, a lot of uh, Travis Kelsey at the goal line lining up under center. I think this year is probably Clyde's best chance to be the breakout. And if he does not break out this year, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. With no Tyreek Hill, that offense is forced to change. Defenses are going to play them more like they did last year, which means Kansas City is going to have to be patient and run the football. And I think Clyde Edwards-Dillaire has to be a big part of that. I don't think you can take him out of that mix. Uh, 2021, he was running back 45. I thought, obviously, that was a, a big drop-off, but he did miss seven games. 2020, played in 13 games, only in 13 games, still missed three games, and he was RB22. So could he put up seasons like that again? Absolutely. And he hasn't scored many touchdowns. He only had six and five touchdowns in those two years. I think he's destined to have that, if not more, this year. I I do like Clyde this year, but I think people are down on him. I think it's one of those running backs that he's going to get dropped, and he's going to continue to drop in those later rounds, and you're going to look at him and you're going to go, how do I pass up? Starting running back, Kansas City Chiefs, who I know are going to score a lot of points. And there's no Daryl Williams there this year, who they trusted heavily in that offense. It's Ronald Jones, who hasn't been known to be trusted. And I mean, he could end up doing something, but to start the year, I think it's going to be Clyde, and he'll have a chance as long as he stays healthy. I think if you're taking him in that flex, with that flex mindset or that possible get into the RB2 mindset, I think you're okay. AJ, did you you brought up Ronald Jones earlier when you were talking about we're ranking the running backs? You said insert Kansas City running back here. Do you think Ronald Jones is going to be a bigger part of this team to where he could he could take over for for Clyde? I don't think it's going that far. Uh, I think that he will get be given his chance enough that if you know there's anything lingering with CEH, he'll get a bulk of the carries for a few games. I do think they'll try to run him in the passing game inside the red zone, inside the 30 yards towards a touchdown. Uh, I just don't think they brought him in just to hope and have a safety net if uh, anything goes wrong. And then as well with that, uh, the Jarek McKinnon factor as well, they brought him back. It wasn't just a, oh, Jarek McKinnon sent out that let's go grab him. Somebody they have a rapport with, somebody they also trust. And and when was healthy, can be pretty dangerous in the open field and, and missing tackles and things of that nature. Uh, there's about, a, for the last three seasons, 111, 112, and 112 targets in Kansas City went out to the running backs. Like that, that is collectively, collectively. Uh, that's something that I think is still going to play a factor. They don't run the ball as much as they would like to because you got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I, I think when it comes, I think that's the hindrance on Ronald Jones is if they are only passing the ball and CEH is doing well, you won't see as much as you expect to see of a Ronald Jones. But once they start getting leads and once they start wanting to pound the ball, I think you start seeing a little bit of a spell there for a Ronald Jones bringing him in for CEH and the very small uses of uh, Jarek McKinnon as well. Let's play the game real quick. Aaron, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, <laughs> A.J. Dillon. Ooh, that's, you started off. Uh, you know, as crazy as this may sound. And you know what? I, I'm going to I'm gonna slightly take A.J. Dillon slightly. AJ, I think you're on board with that. I, I think yeah. Aaron Jones is going to be used heavily in the pass game and not so much in the run game this year. Um, I think AJ Dillon 
fight. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders. But I'm a Miles Sanders guy. So I believe Miles Sanders can be. He's going to have a great year. Yeah. Yeah. Miles Sanders is fading because he didn't score a touchdown in the Russia game last year. That's not happening two seasons in a row. (laughs) Kareem Kareem Hunt or Clyde (laughs) Edwards-Alaire? I will tell you, I'll take Clyde. I'm not a big Kareem Hunt. I'd probably take Kareem. <laughs> All right. I'd probably take Kareem. Tony Pollard or Clyde Edwards Lair? Clyde. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Clyde as well. Okay. Uh, one last one Damian Harris or Clyde? Ooh, that's only tough because I don't know what they want to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't know who the offense would, coordinator is. Don't know who's calling the plays. I would take right. Clyde. I would take Clyde. I would too, because I know what he's going to get, at least in the passing game. And I don't think Damian Harrison is going to either. And I think Ramon J. Stevenson is on the come up. All right. Let's move on to the, the Las Vegas. I almost said the Oakland Raiders. Sorry. Uh, Let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders here. And obviously with the new shiny new toy coming into town and Devontae Adams, that puts him probably most likely as the wide receiver one for this team. Aaron, what this is the said f- most likely <laughs> barring injury? He's going to be the number one wide receiver on this team. Hunter Renfro was that last year. You talked about him. You ranked him bottom eight in this division. What is his floor this season for the people who are drafting Hunter Renfro? What is you want uh, numbers or do you want like, I want, I want you your want, like, analysis. Rank- I well both both numbers and and ranking here for 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 those tra- trying to drive I mean there's people that are high still pretty high on Hunter Renfro from what I have seen and well, I mean if you want to talk his floor his floor is irrelevant in fantasy wide receiver 60 70 whatever he's been in the past um I don't I don't correlate Devontae Adams coming to Las Vegas to improving Hunter Renfro's um, I think it hurts because he saw a huge uptick in targets last year uh, compared to what he saw prior to that. Before last year, he saw 77, and prior to that, it was 71. Last year, he saw 103. I'm sorry, 128 and caught 103. I thought last year uh, his targets went up so, so significantly, and his yards per catch is still it's right around 10. He's going, he had 100 catches, 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns. I think his touchdown numbers drop off this year. Um, I, I'm i not sure where he's being drafted currently, but I think that the addition of Devontae Adams, which in normal cases would help the guy that's seeing all the, you know, the defenders and stuff like that, I think it hurts Hunter Renfro in this place in this place because I do think more targets go Devontae Adams' way. Uh, Darren Waller's going to be back. Uh, I, I think Hunter Renfro's value is diminished after where he finished last year. No way. No yeah. way he's finishing as wide receiver 11. Let's just well, say that. His ADP right now is is in the sixth, the sixth round. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 28. Ahead of guy, he's right next to Corlin Sutton. He's being drafted yeah. ahead of guys like, like Jerry Judy, Adam Thielen, Elijah Moore, Allen Robinson, so, and Gabe so, Davis. So Gabe Davis, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton. I, I, Elijah Moore, like I actually have falling off a little. Like I don't have Elijah Moore as high as most people because I think Garrett Wilson is going to come, be a, come in and be a problem. Still have Corey Davis. Uh, 
and it's the Jets. So who knows? <laughs> but um, I think above those guys, above Cortland Sutton and, and Allen Robinson, I, I think well, so he, he's right. He's right next to Cortland Sutton. He's going wide receiver. 27 is Cortland Sutton and wide receiver. 28 is Hunter. Wide Rachel. receiver, like I said, people- wide receiver, 37. Somewhere okay. where I'd have to. So nowhere near what his ADP is. Okay. Which I knew, which he's going to be overdrafted. He finished 11th in PPR last year. People are going to yeah. overdraft. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. And then people think, oh, Devontae Adams is there. He gets double covered. Hunter Rinfro is going to be open. He's not going to be any more open than he was open last year, right? Like he <laughs> works out of the slot. He doesn't play outside. So none of that's going to change. His yards per catch is not going to go up. And his touchdowns are not going to go up. Because uh, of the way he plays football, uh, I doubt he has yeah. a Cooper Cup style break. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I'm not sure if you were looking at like any ADPs here, but like you said, wide receiver 37 is roughly where his like ceiling is, and to wide receiver whatever you said. But like, 45. I'm looking at the receivers at that at that range to go back to 37. He is that that was almost spot on of where I would have Hunter Renfro. I'd consider taking him over guys like I don't I don't even know if I'd take him over Drake London or I, I'd consider taking him over Brandon Ayuk, Traylon Burks, Chase Claypool. I'd consider I'd consider that. But you that was Claypool's that was probably spot my on. line. I'd probably yeah, have that, him over Claypool. Claypool's my line. I might take a Traylon Burks just because of opportunity there. I might take a Drake London just because of opportunity there. There's nobody else really to catch passes. They're going to feature those rookies. What about, but I could understand somebody taking Hunter Renfro. What about Bob Woods? I, I, I'll be honest. I think his career is on the backside. Uh, he's been a good receiver he, for a long time. Coming off a major knee injury. I think he's more of a complimentary. Hey, I'm, I'll catch 60 balls. I'll get eight, seven, 800 yards. and I'll have an okay season, but nothing. Five touchdowns, yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. He's going as the wide receiver uh, 39 right now, but that is. I feel like if there. he stayed with the Rams, I'd feel different. I feel like coming off an injury and going to Tennessee. You'd bump him up to, you'd bump him up to where Allen Robinson is at, at wide receiver 32. Yeah. I mean, you're going Probably to a where, first offense anyway. Yeah. Like, so you're going to have the volumes not going to be there. That's well, yeah. it's more, I guess more so it's more that he went to Tennessee than the fact that he stayed with the Rams, I guess. Cause there's other teams where I'd feel better too, but I don't know. It's, it's not even supposed to be the hate on Tennessee. It's just, I feel like they're, they're in flux right now, bro. I really do. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird there. AJ, let me, let's finish off the Raiders here. Derek Carr has only been a top 10 fantasy quarterback once in his career. His finishes look like this. He's never finished higher in the last five years. He has not finished higher than a quarterback 12. And that was last year. This man is now getting Devonte Adams, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Do you see him cracking the top 10 this year in fantasy football? That I do. And I mean, the proof is right there on your very beautiful graphic. He's gotten better every single year. And he finished as a QB one in most, what we call a 12 team standard league. Now, uh, adding Devontae Adams gives him that weaponry that we were really hoping for, what we were expecting to have when we thought they had receivers. Now you give him a guy in Devontae Adams who's the best receiver in the NFL, coming from a quarterback who knew how to play the position quite well, uh, back with this guy from college, red zone threat, 
all, all the types of things you need to be successful. And then let's talk about the way last season went for him. He, I mean, he made things happen despite what he was given. Uh, finishing with 23 touchdowns, passing, people had him going for 30, 35 touchdowns last year was the was the upside. I think having Devontae Adams as a red zone threat, I think Darren Waller coming back healthy, I think the report that he does have a Hunter Renfro, whether he stays the same or regresses slightly, I think you should see him hit that 30 touchdown area. Uh, and with that being thought about last season, every quarterback that threw for uh, 30 touchdowns was in the top 10. So I definitely think that he has that opportunity this season uh, to be a top 10 quarterback with a Devontae Adams, a Hunter Renfro, a Darren Waller, a Josh Jacobs and a Josh McDaniels. Uh, so I, I, I think he can crack the top 10 this season. AJ coming a hot spin fire. Aaron, what you got? Dylon, 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 um, Dylon. I love the idea. Because the idea, the premise, everything he said, it, it, it's spot on. Not cracking the top. And the reason is because fantasy football, it's just simple. He doesn't run. He, he doesn't use his leg. And the offense relies heavily. I mean, Josh McDaniels, we don't know yet. But uh, the offense relies heavily on Josh Jacobs in the red zone, which is why he's never had those huge touchdown volume numbers. They run the ball in the red zone. I don't expect that to change much. Devontae Adams will get his in the red zone. Waller will get his. But I still think Josh Jacobs is going to be featured in the red zone, which is going to keep Carr's touchdown numbers 25. Even if he does get to 30, he's not going to throw for enough yards. He's usually been a right around 4,000 yards. Last year he threw for 4,800, uh, which was his most by far of his career. Um, but if you look at the top 10 guys every year, outside of the wild Tom Brady who throws it 60 times, throws for 50 <laughs> touchdowns and 5,000 yards, it's – Tyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, who can use his legs. Like guys, Patrick Mahomes, who uses his legs. Well, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, they're all guys that either throw the ball 45 to 50 times a game or they're using their legs. Derek Carr just doesn't use his legs. He just doesn't run enough. Um, it's going to keep him right around the border of 10, 11, 12, 13. But it's going to be hard for him to crack that top 10 without injuries or without a significant increase in touchdowns and yards. Um, again, I think with Josh Jacobs being relied upon, it's going to be hard for him. He'll be close. He's good. Slight, slight rebuttal. And I'll even acknowledge that you don't see this quite often. But thinking about this division and how well they play each other, firstly, and but how explosive their offenses will need to be to keep up with the pack, I think you'll see the throwing numbers be otherworldly. That's that's heavy, but very, very high. Right. The other thing is, and this is the outlier I was talking about. What was Josh Herbert's last year? Wasn't he like QB? He was top five QB, right? QB two, if I'm not mistaken. QB two. Just yeah. Over, yeah. He but he also ran for 63 attempts and 302 yards. So, I mean, like. Yeah, but he also I, I threw 40 touchdowns. That's 38 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. But so and I, I but see, I'm saying 23 last year for Derek Carr was in a season where so much BS happened, where he was underperforming, basically. But that's been his whole career. Of yeah, but but this can you can you tell me a team that he's had that's better than this offense that he's looking at? No, this I, no, I, I, no, I agree with you there. But I also that that 300 yards that Justin Herbert threw that how many did Derek or ran, ran for Derek Carr ran for literally 100 yards. So you're talking 20 more points of of Justin Herbert was just strictly on running the football. It doesn't include rushing touchdowns, which I'm not sure if Justin Herbert had any, but uh, that, I mean, those things matter. That's the difference between a quarterback nine and a quarterback yeah, three. 12. Three. You know what I mean? Like that, there's yeah. a huge difference there between a, 
a quarterback nine and a quarterback 12, because those numbers are usually close, but yeah. those, those rushing is what makes the difference. I take Kirk Cousins every year, for example, 4,000 plus yards, 30 touchdowns, and can't crack the top 10 because just doesn't get enough on the ground to, to compensate for either too many interceptions or he's not over exceeding the, the 40 plus touchdowns. I think Derek Carr is very similar to that. He'll always be in the conversation. And I'm not coming at people who say, oh, he's going to be in the top 10 because there's, there's a chance, but he'll right. usually end up falling 11, 12, 13, 14, a very, very solid high end quarterback to uh, quarterback. And you notice, like you said, the last two years, probably his two best years, I mean, are his two best years, and he's been right on the cusp of a quarterback one in 12 And I think that's perfectly fine. I think that's where Derek Carr should be going in draft. That's that he is being drafted right now as the QB 13, uh, right behind Matthew Stafford uh, and right ahead of Trey Lance and Kirk Cousins. Let's move over to the Chargers side of things. And it ties into that perfectly because you just brought up Justin Herbert. And right now, Justin Herbert is being drafted as the QB three in the third round. Fourth round, start, start of the fourth round. Sorry, Matt, you know how hard it is for me on these shows. Um, he's being drafted as QB three in the fourth round. AJ, do you think that Justin Herbert can finish as the number one quarterback with all of what we just talked about with rushing and how Justin Herbert might not have that, but like we saw last season, he finished very close to that number one spot. So can Justin Herbert do it this year and finish as the QB one? I do not think so. Uh, Last season was fantastic, but to see another 5,040 yard or 40 touchdown season back to back, I think is unlikely. I think you're going to catch some regression, maybe 42, 4,300 yards, maybe 33, 34 touchdowns. I mean, you're basically fielding the same team. Granted, we expect them to develop and get better as a whole, but I don't think it's better to the tune of 52 or 5,300 yards. I don't think you're watching him throw over 40 touchdowns again unless he somehow – and I do think the difference here – and I, we we're talking about Derek Carr as a top 10. Being in top, the QB1, yeah, you're either going to have to have that Patrick Mahomes season or you are going to have to have some great rushing numbers and a lot of rushing touchdowns, and I don't know that he'll be able to put that on. So unless Mike Williams can keep up a consistent season all the way through, along with Keenan Allen being the same thousand yard, hundred reception type guy week in and week out. uh, I don't know that you can do that. Also, I mean, how much is Austin Eckler going to take away from you when it comes to, unless you're, unless your touchdowns, you're receiving touchdowns are in the 14 instead of any of the rushing touchdowns, which is better likely than not. I think that takes away from what he has to bring to the table. So definitely top five. I think he's going to fall back in top five, but I don't think he can bring top uh, QB one this season. Aaron, I would assume you're on board with that as well because you would talk about the rushing. I mean, that's just the that's just the way fantasy football works, and that's kind of what gets you to that number one spot. And that's why Josh Allen's one of the reasons why Josh Allen has been sitting at the top for back to back years is because of that rushing. And even Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen will be the number one fantasy quarterback every year until he decides to stop. Um, <laughs> AJ <laughs> AJ hit it right on the head, and you also got to take into account Chargers played from behind a lot last year. I mean, he threw almost 700 times, um, and I, I just don't see that continuing. The lack of rushing, he he had his best. He had a really really great year. Nobody's knocking. Um, could he have a 50 touchdown year? Sure, but I think the Chargers are a better football team this year. I think they'll be ahead in games more this year, um, where they won't have to have as much Justin Herbert heroics to try to come back and win games late. And I think that will limit how the amount of times he's throwing. Um, 
in that case, I I don't think he can finish the number one quarterback. I am not picking anybody to finish the number one fantasy quarterback outside of Josh Allen because of the style of play that the Bills use Josh Allen. Just nobody plays like that. The only other person that has a chance to, to me to be the number one quarterback in fantasy football, Kyler Murray. That's it. That's and, and, I'm, and, and I'm dead serious. It's not Patrick Mahomes. To me, it's, it's Kyler Murray. It's the only one that plays like Josh Allen, where they want to incorporate him in the run game most of the time. Uh, at least they did to start his career. And he gets it around the goal line, runs in for touchdowns. And I think that breeds a number one fantasy quarterback. Even though he hasn't done it yet, I think that's somebody that potentially has that outside. If you AJ, you brought up Mike Williams being a big part of Justin Herbert's success and his consistency uh, playing into Justin Herbert's success. But right now, Mike Williams is being drafted as the wide receiver 20 uh, in drafts or not the wide receiver. Yeah, the wide receiver 20 in PPR drafts. His consistency has been a question mark. And I've, I've been personally, I've been one of those players and laugh at me all you want for being emotional, but I've always been a little concerned and hesitant to draft a wide receiver like Mike Williams because of the, 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 the way he plays. We talked about the physicality that he plays, but he has been a hot and cold <laughs> streaky wide receiver almost all of his career, but he ends up finishing high somehow, some way he still ends up finishing very well. How should fantasy owners feel about, drafting Mike Williams at his ADP this year uh, as the wide receiver 20 uh, in drafts, Aaron. Um, well, first of all, I want to correct. You. said he always finishes high. That's false. He finished high <laughs> one season. Um, well, yeah, he's, I mean, no, he's finished. He's finished. He's been a wide receiver 20 and he's been a wide receiver 11. Um, in 2018, he was, in 2018, he was wide receiver in, 20. In, in 2018, he was wide receiver 32. I just I have the stat here. I looked it up. He was wide receiver 32. He had 600 yards and 10 touchdowns. Literally PPR wide receiver 32. You must have been looking at standard. That would have given you wide receiver 21 mm-hmm. with 10 touchdowns. I'm looking at it. Mike Williams has okay. never been okay. better than wide you. receiver 32 until last year. And a lot, of the talk, a lot of the talk was about, oh, well, he couldn't stay healthy. But when you really go back and look at those numbers, he played 16, 15, 15, and 16 games outside of his rookie year. So injuries really weren't the problem. He's just been inconsistent. The only thing I will give him is he is now playing with an elite, and I mean elite quarterback in an offense is going to put up a ton of points. So we're talking wide receiver two, Mike Williams. Can he be wide receiver 24? Yeah. He's being drafted that way. I'm not reaching on him. That's a guy I'm letting fall into my lap as the wide receiver 24, and it's my turn to draft. I might not know who to take. He's there, and I say, okay, I'll take that guy. Uh, but I'm not reaching for Mike Williams. because Having back-to-back wide top 12 wide receiver years, you got to show me more after four seasons than doing it one time. And, and one time, again, that, this is, that was his fifth year. That seems to be the outlier. Um, so he would have to show me again this year that he can do it before I would spend a high round draft pick on him. But I would draft him as the wide receiver 24, 25, and, you know, wide receiver two and say, okay, that's the guy I'll hope oh, gives me that value. Right now he's well, going ahead of Amari Cooper, 
ahead of Brandon Cooks, ahead of Hollywood Brown, ahead of Michael Thomas, mm. that rounds out your wide mm. receiver two uh, spots. A couple of those people. He's definitely the only one that. I might put him over is Amari Cooper because yeah. the quarterback position doesn't look so great right now. Yeah. <laughs> What's wild is basically everything. I know, like, we're supposed to argue on this show or whatnot, but like, literally, <laughs> if you had came to me first, I was going to say that I would let Mike Williams fall to me, even if I thought he was going to finish as a wide receiver 20. And I do believe this upcoming season, I talked about this a lot last year. I like the way that they use him. They stopped only thinking about him as a deep threat. You know, you think you look at his second and third year in the league, his yards per target were 10.1 yards and 11.1. The last two seasons, they've been at 8.9. Let's get him right in front of the first down and then let him go to work after that. And that allowed him to get open in the deep because now they start coming up on him. And then he uses those burners and those long legs and long strides to get behind the defense. So I think that he has the potential. If they continue to use him at this 8.9, 9.1 type of uh, yards per target, you'll get be, you'll be able to see him uh, continue this stretch of very, very well, not very, very more consistent <laughs> play than we've been talking about in the past. Yeah, he's been last year was a good season. He's got to build on it. He's got to build on it, Bob. Let's go on to the oh, this is where Denver our last Broncos. team, the Denver Broncos. We're on our last team, the Denver Broncos here. Aaron, there's been there was a tight end. There's a tight end in uh in Denver that I vaguely remember. And I tried I chatted with you a little bit about this earlier today. And I vaguely remember you bringing up Albert O as a sleeper tight end target to watch this season with Russell Wilson now at the helm in Denver. Are you still on that? Am I, am I remembering things correctly that Alberto is a sleeper tight end for you? Yeah. Sleep. I mean, you know, when we talk about sleepers and we talk about tight ends, first of all, you're not getting one of the top four or five tight ends. It's dark throw, right? We say, Oh, it's going to be the great tight end this week. Um, I, my biggest thing here is now he has a quarter, right? Now the tight end position, if this was Noah Fant, I would be all over Noah. Fant. I mean, just, I'd be drafting him in every league. But Albert O has shown to be a valuable piece in that offense. They really, really like him there. I think having a Russell Wilson is going to help his fantasy, quote, out. Um, by no means, when I say sleeper, am I saying Albert O is going to finish at the top 10 tight end? No, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying there are going to be weeks where Albert O is the one and you're like, man, I'm, I'm putting him in my lineup because he's had a couple of good weeks in a row or whatever. This, is a, this goes to our fantasy show. When we do our weekly fantasy show and we're putting that, what kind of 10 through 15 <laughs> when I'm ranking them? Albert will always be Alberto there. Alberto will be in there a lot this year because I think oh, that's kind of where it. his value will be. He'll be a, a quality tight end two, or sometimes some weeks he'll have tight end one numbers. Um, but yeah, so where he's being drafted, again, I'm not sure where he's being drafted currently. He, right now he is being drafted as the tight end 18. So he's really oh. not being drafted. Okay, so well, I mean, that's better than I thought he was actually being drafted yeah. at. Um, closer to what where I have him is more, maybe it's not so much of a sleeper, uh, but I'd probably put him right around tight end 14, 13, 14, 15 on most weeks. Uh, with Russell Wilson, I, I think he gets more. Um, he had some good weeks last year. If, you, if he gets five to six targets, I think he'll have quality tight end. Finds the end zone every now and then. That's a good week for a tight end. We, we get lost in tight end numbers in fantasy with the Travis Kelsey's, the Darren Waller's, the George Kittles of the world. And we forget when you look at the 10th the rate tight end for that week, he had four catches, 46 yards. And you're like, wait, what? That was the number 10 tight end that week? Yeah, that was the number 10 tight end that week. Yeah. So I think he'll have a lot of those. 
that sucks for me because when I have to make the graphics for Pigskins and Pancakes, I'm going to have to type out Albert O and his Albert full name. Oga, would you buy a banana? Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it's we're just gonna We'll, we'll have it by fantasy season. <laughs> Don't lie to me. It's going to be on the gra- I I'll just have to say Albert O on TV, and then and then the graphic will have to just say the whole entire name. But I'm just bummed out that I got to spell out Albert mm-hmm. O and make sure I spell it properly. Over well, or under eight times I spell it wrong, I'm taking the over. I might be able to help you with that, though. Copy I might be able paste, to help you with that, though. Copy and no, paste no, the no, hell no, of a no. drug. Not, not that at all. Uh, I think the name you might be typing out more often than was Greg Dolchich. I think that Ooh. might be the guy. I, I think that he's going to step in pretty well. I mean, as a receiving tight end, uh, I mean, I think they're going to end up using Albert O more as a blocker, and then he'll have his opportunities, and he'll sneak out. But, I mean, you look at Why what Why does Greg everybody think Albert O is a blocker? Did. He's not a blocker. Uh, I mean, everybody they used him as a blocker a lot last season. I mean, last season he only had 33 catches on the he, entire he year. Was, he was a backup tight end. Yeah, and I mean, if they name thought that he was going to be the guy to come in, name one. If they thought he was going to be the guy, like it's thirty. Why would catch. I? It's a backup touch, a tight end. Like, why? Why am I spending time on backup tight ends? <laughs> so, so, to your point, though, to your point, last year as a backup, not even a clear cut starter, he got thirty three catches. We're talking about guys like Marquez Valdez Gantley, who are wide but receivers but that barely get thirty three catches. But he got those on the weeks that Noah Fant wasn't in. No, I mean, it wasn't there, like no, no, no fan was no, there chilling, no, no, and he's no, like, no. not you, buddy. No, 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 you're wrong. Go check the game off. Albert O played a lot, and he was going out for passes. It was not just get in there and block. He is a guy that they like in Denver. It was so – it's the reason why they were okay with trading a Noah fan. Remember, they used – And then they brought in three other tight ends. And then, they, and then they went and brought in more tight ends. Yeah. Like, what? I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying going into the season with just Albert O. That's not what I'm saying at all. However, I don't think you go and get a guy like Greg Dolchich, who we were pretty high on in the draft I process, think... and, a, and, a guy, and a guy who's used to stretch the field. This man averaged 18 yards per catch last season and, and 10 touchdowns over the past two. Like, he's not a guy they're bringing in. Like, I can't wait to see what you can that's do. Like, they, nice. they, they, they are nice. already playing, enjoying him. That's nice. Playing at UCLA in the Pac-12, you know, tell me, oh, he went to eight, 18 yards a catch and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's cool. Like, <laughs> what cool. is that supposed to mean It's to very me? cool. It's hey, supposed to mean that they're going to enjoy using you, him. I ask you again. I ask you again. How many rookie tight ends in the NFL are in Pac-12? doesn't happen. Like Kyle Pitts. They don't even play. Kyle Pitts, the 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 last, and even T.J. Hawkinson, those were those were top ten picks. Like you're not seeing the third round tight end that's coming in and he's showing out like on the, his rookie year. It doesn't happen. Did I say number one pass catcher? No, no, but I think he start. can take over Albert O. We, we, we think he can take over Albert. We've talked plenty of tight ends at this point. I'm glad I started the show oh, off talking absurdly <laughs> about a tight end, and now I'm ending the show talking about a tight end. Uh, not to Start-up mention this. Top tight end this year. Be a top Who? ten tight end, Albert O. Who? Yep, Albert O. Will be a top ten tight end at the end of this year. Great. Ooh, it's gonna be a great offense because Greg Dolch is gonna be a top eight. Well, I, and I'll Shit. give you this little number. I'll give you this number. Last year, the tenth ranked tight end finished with a hundred four points. That's nine points a week. Albert O. Will finish. Well, let's let's not forget that the Denver Broncos did bring in blocking tight end Eric Tomlinson at the end of free agency this year. 
It's a very big deal for their blocking for for uh, Russell Wilson. Let's end this on a better note here. Instead of talking about Albert O in the tight end position, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, they're going very close to each other in in fantasy drafts. You talked there, and you you were very high on Cortland Sutton. You didn't mention where. Well, you said Jerry Judy was closer to your bottom eight. They're going right now. Cortland Sutton is. Let's say. Let's see. Let's see. Cortland Sutton, where art thou? Mm-hmm. There you are. Wide receiver twenty-seven for Cortland Sutton, and wide receiver twenty-nine for Jerry Judy. Anybody, this is going to be the toss-up of the night. Someone slam dunk at home. What separates Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton? in fantasy football this year. All right. Well, uh, I guess I, I thought he was going to want to take that alley because uh, he's all high on court and sudden. I'll actually go with the Jerry Judy side of things. And I think it'll be the targets. Uh, Jerry Judy has been a target monster. Unfortunately for Jerry Judy, uh, he's dealt with some drops, but I mean, as you continue to grow and now have a better quarterback, I think you start to see some of those drops fade. I don't think that's something you worry about as often. Uh, I think he's going to be a target hog and we can see what he can do in the open field with the ball. Um, I I do think that they are deservedly so that close uh, because again, there's a lot of weapons on this offense. I know you didn't ask about him, but people are still excited about Tim Patrick and what he can be. And he's a third receiver in the entirety of the, of the uh, Denver Broncos. And if you want to throw a last name out there, KJ Hamlin stretches the field. So um yeah, so I, I think Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, the separation becomes the targets. It just depends on if Jerry Judy will be efficient enough uh, with those targets and opportunities that he get. And I'll let Aaron take over Cortland Sutton. I think the difference is the touchdown. I think Cortland Sutton is going to be the – I don't want to equate it to what Seattle did, like a Lockett and DK Metcalf, but Jerry Judy is a, a premier route runner in the NFL. He's going to get targets. Uh, but I think the big plays are going to come from Cortland think those 60-yard bombs that Russell likes to throw up in the air, I think those are Cortland Sutton plays. Um, and, and I think that's going to end up being the difference. I see Cortland Sutton catching double here. I think that's really the difference. You know, The reason they're being drafted so close, because you are running into no a situation knows. where no one knows yeah. what we're going to see yet. Do you, um, I like the skill set of Cortland Sutton. And, and I love Jerry Judy's natural ability to run routes and catch passes yeah. and things like that. But I think what fits with Russell, I think it's important. Do, do you guys think we could end up seeing and maybe warn fantasy owners now that we could end up seeing exactly what we saw in Seattle and Dylan harps on this all the time, whereas DK Metcalf one week and Tyler Lockett the next There's week. Nothing wrong DK with Metcalf, that. There's no, I'm not saying I'm, like, I'm not saying there that. is. I'm not saying there is, but is that something we should be expecting? This year from the Denver Broncos with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? It feels like that. And one of the reasons I'll tell you why is because for them, it's not about fantasy. Like Russell Wilson ain't going out there thinking about all the people that drafted Cortland Sutton. He's out there thinking I've got toys to play with and I want to throw the ball to every single one of them. So yeah, one week Cortland Sutton's going to ball out. Another week Jerry Judy's going to ball out. One week Jerry Judy's going to have 13 catches and Cortland Sutton's going to have three touchdowns. Like Russell (laughs) Wilson would do whatever he can do to firstly win games and that's going to affect the fantasy squad. That's why they're being drafted so high. If you see, I, I can almost guarantee once one of those go, you can expect the other to go probably the next two picks because they don't want to miss out on what the potential of this offense can be, in my humble opinion. I think I think that's spot on. I think you're going to have like that. It's probably going to be close to what Seattle had. But 
I'm, I'm, I'm loving that if I'm a fantasy owner. Like, who was ever complaining about DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett being wide receiver dudes? Like, Dylan. we can talk about inconsistency in, in weeks, but we've gone over this a thousand times. Every wide receiver outside your top, you know, 10 are going to be inconsistent and have inconsistent weeks. Simple as that. You're not going to get around it. Give me a wide receiver two, three at the end of the day, and I'll be happy. I think both of those guys could end up being that if their offense goes the way. Let's let's break it down in stupid math like I like. Mm-hmm. The wide receiver is every other game producing great numbers. That's 50% of the season doing great things. If I can have a wide receiver at a consistency level of 50% for the season doing great things, I'm going to be a happy camper. That does it for another episode of the Sac City <laughs> podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and follow all of our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at the Sac City pod for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for your boy, AJ Johnson. I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Holla. Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. You made it this far, so you must have liked that show. If you did, go ahead and think of two people you could share this episode with. We can never have too many people in the city, so don't forget to hit that follow button. Sac City, population, one more. <laughs>